Trunk Botany, episode 14. Hoist a glass and prepare to enter a world of gardens, brews, botany, and booze. Here's your host, Bill Creation. Welcome back to Drunk Botany. I'm your host, Phil Creation. I'm going to pause for a word from one of our affiliates. Everyone knows that your podcast hasn't really made it until you get to do an affiliate link for a shaving company. This was really hard for me, since I prefer old-fashioned methods of shaving, and most companies today market products that have more blades, plastic, and moving parts than I'm comfortable with. I strive to shave the same way that your grandfather did with a single chromium-plated stainless steel blade. If it was good enough for American GIs in both world wars, then it's probably capable of tackling my own facial hair. That's how I came to find Vanderhagen. Vanderhagen makes a luxury shaving setup which includes a badger bristle brush that any bewhiskered man would be proud to own. They also provide a German steel double-edged safety razor blade. Forged in fire and hardened in ice, these blades hold their edge and fit your vintage razor. Find the perfect shaving set at drunkbotany.com slash razor and your refill blades at drunkbotany.com slash blades. So I decided to break up our winter hiatus by attempting to do a live episode. So those of you that have Facebook can go ahead and search for Drunk Botany. I have a page on there where you can find the Facebook Live video feed that accompanies this episode. Go ahead and like and share it. I took the liberty of recording the audio separately, and this is it in all of its glory. There we go. Let's try that again. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Botany. I'm your host, Phil Creation. And this is my first ever live episode. It's streaming right now on Facebook Live. If you are here to see it, it is late in the evening because I have children. And I'd like to apologize for such a long hiatus. And in the meantime, I'd like to welcome you to my subterranean lair where I have my little bar. And... Today, we are going to talk about seeds, where I get them, um, because the world has changed significantly since your grandfather's and father's day, but it's not that different from its old, the way it's always been. Also, this is going to be an unedited episode. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but... I'm going to kind of combine this event with something else that I sometimes do for some people in another group where I take shots for people that cannot always take them. So you'll know who you are because I'll call you up. But then there are other people that I would just like to uh, honor with the show. So brace yourselves. We're going to get experimental and fun. I'm going to get a couple of shot glasses out here for this, all right? Because we're going to take shots for tonight's adventure. I'm tentatively calling this episode Not Your Grandfather's Seed Catalogs. Because I don't know about you guys, but my grandfather always used to use like Park Seed and Johnny's Seeds and uh, 
the Stokes catalog. And back in the day, those catalogs were collectible and fun, but they've gotten commercialized since the 80s massively. Oh, I'd like to take a moment also to rep the band that did my theme music. If you have not listened to Apes of the State, you are missing out. Um, so yeah, let's get started. I'm going to start with the Territorial Seed Company catalog. Um, this is one of my favorite catalogs to get every year. And the shot that is associated with it is going to go out to Miranda Ann Johnson. For this catalog, I'll be drinking the Kraken rum. Ooh. That'll get you joined in the Navy. Anyway, so the Territorial Seed Company has always had a special place in my heart. When I first started gardening, this was actually the first group of people that I ordered seeds from. Um, I started out with a tomato called Peace Vine. And another one, uh, so I'm getting strange, uh, notifications, so I don't know if I'm doing this right, but I think I've just added somebody to the group. Um, so hello, Jess Artist out there. Uh, anyway, so I started out with a tomato called Peace Vine. And my second tomato was the Jersey Devil. And these are two tomatoes that I swear by forever. I recommend anybody would grow them. The other perk is they always have really lovely cover artwork. So if you're old-fashioned in the way that you do um, gardening and seed catalogs, some people have them collected all the way back to the 20s. Uh, you can check it out on Pinterest and stuff like that. And seed catalogs used to be really beautiful. And... Um, painterly in the way that they're rendered. Like, if, if you are on the video feed, you can see how this thing almost looks like Bob Ross could have done it. Um, so I, I always look forward to this every year. Uh, the internal parts of the catalog are all done with photography, though, so that you get an idea of what it is that you are going to grow before you do it. It's really well done. However, it pales in comparison to this catalog that I'm going to show you next. And this catalog is out of date because I didn't order from them last year, so they did not send me a fresh catalog for the year. So this is last year's catalog. Um, cover art is still beautiful, uh, but it's photography-based. Um, this is... Baker Creek's Heirloom Seed Catalog. Sometimes they call it the Rare Seed Catalog. This, uh, this is a company that people in gardening groups everywhere swear by. Um, I only ordered from them one time. I did not have the best experience with them. But they have an incredible reputation in the gardening community. And uh, this book is almost seed porn. Um, I keep it 
I actually keep all of my catalogs in the bathroom. Uh, you know, like, you sit down, you need something to read. Sorry if that's gross, folks. I'm potty training my son. Um, I have children, by the way. Uh, and this shot of Jägermeister is going to go out to Jenna Carol Williams. Anyway, I'm, I'm potty training my son. And he's seen me so many times with seed catalogs that when he sits down, he has to have a seed catalog as well. Um, in fact, last year, I let him pick the varieties of tomatoes that I was going to grow in my garden. And he picked some really great ones. He would just point at a picture and pretend to eat it. And that would be the tomato that I grew that year. Uh, it's kind of cute. But enough about my son. Um, Baker Creek... Uh, this is their catalog once again, and you can find all of these online uh, to request that a catalog be sent to you. On the other hand, most places, and this is why I say it's not quite your grandfather's seed starting method, uh, you can still reach all these things on the World Wide Web to do orders as well. Um, gone are the days of having to get a money order or a check and wait for things to clear and get it go. Your credit card will get you everywhere you need to go in this day and age. But I love to physically sit down and page through things and get ideas and write on things and come back to them later. Uh, when I do this sort of thing online, I just wind up with a web browser with a thousand tabs over, which I'll probably wind up showing you for the later half of this episode. But we have more shots to take, and we are nowhere near done. So I'm going to come to one of my favorite seed catalogs. This took me forever to find. Uh, and again, I stumbled across it online. Um, the shot associated with this is going to go to Catherine Harris-Brown from a group of mine, uh, we have long drawn out political conversations. She is a wonderful human being. And this is for you. I'm going to do an artisanally crafted shot of rum. It's brown honey rum from the Dogfish Head Distillery. Because most people know of them as people who make beer. They make this amazing rum, which sometimes gets me all flushed. Uh, but I'm going to take the shot and tell you about how amazing the seeds are in this catalog. <coughs> so if Baker Creek has all the photography in the world and everybody swears by them as being the rare seed catalog, this catalog from Victory Seed Company is its opposite. You will notice if you look in here that it's just walls of text. There's no pictures at all. On the other hand, with these tiny, tiny pieces of text, they still manage to go on for like 10 pages on tomatoes. And they're all tomatoes that you never find in anybody's catalogs. I got really interested in Livingston and the tomato. Um, I'm going to rudely interrupt myself here and plug the book that he wrote, Livingston and the Tomato. I don't know how I wound up with a copy of it, but it is available on Amazon, so I'm going to list it in the show notes page so that you can take a look at it. Um, 
But before Livingston, people very much believed that the tomato was a poisonous plant. They thought that it was something you just grew for decorative purposes. You know, like, we had not really embraced it as the food source that we do now. Um, and you can't really credit Livingston with that because there was actually a fellow, I think, in New Jersey. He was a general of some kind uh, who just sat there and like bet everybody that he could eat tomatoes and not die so he just like set up in the town square and just ate tomatoes and everything was fine but again largely the the the, con the conception of the tomato was that it was a poisonous fruit we get this going all the way back to shakespeare like when you think about like rotten actors and people would throw tomatoes at them and even like rottentomatoes.com for movie reviews and everything now it was because they thought that the tomato, as a, as a nightshade plant, as a relative of the poison from Romeo and Juliet, could kill you. So, if you were that bad of an actor, and people were throwing produce at you, it was because they wanted you to die. Um, we live in a much more civilized culture, and a large part of that comes from Livingston. He did so much pioneering work in breeding, um... When you think of the tomatoes that you get at stores with their smooth sides, um, that comes from Livingston because at that period of time, most of the beefsteak and sauce-making type tomatoes, like things that you would think of as a tomato today, were ribbed like pumpkins and had weird, odd shapes. And it started out, I want to say, with Livingston's perfection, or maybe it was Acme. He had a couple of different things that are now like just words that we throw around. Um... And he got that way by crossing a regular tomato with a cherry tomato, and he bred it out the stability. Uh, and that's why tomatoes are smooth today. It's because of work that this one dude in Ohio did. So I'm here in northeastern Pennsylvania. I grew up in New Jersey. And New Jersey likes to tell everybody, like, we're the tomato capital. We got the Jersey tomato. We had the Campbell Soup Factory. Uh, but where I live now, we have Pittston, and they also say that they're the tomato capital of the world. They have, like, their own ketchup. Um, but I'm going to credit it to Ohio. This guy was a breeder in Ohio. They had the first actual tomato festival in the world uh, to honor Livingston and the breeding work that he did and the popularization of the tomato that he has. So, really... None, this show doesn't exist without Livingston. Livingston Tomato, it's written in an old style of writing, uh, so it gets to be a little difficult to get through sometimes unless, like, you're into, uh, uh, reading source documents. But, excellent, excellent book. Victory Seeds was the only place where I could find original varieties, like, uh, uh, specifically, my alma mater is Rutgers University. It just celebrated its 250th anniversary. And there is a tomato that came out in the 40s for the canning industry called the Rutgers tomato. It's the one that my dad grows. I put it in my garden every year. It's amazing. Uh, so they re-released it and put it out as the Rutgers 250. I was not thrilled with the re-release because I feel that the original unstable versions released in the 40s, having had, you know, half a century of uh, of refinement, 
created really great tomatoes. So whatever strain that is out there that is calling itself Rutgers still has tons of research going into it. But what's cool about that is Rutgers, that tomato, is the offspring of a cross between the JTD tomato, which was a Campbell's variety uh, that also came out of New Jersey, I want to say, and um, the Marglobe tomato. And then stepping farther back, Marglobe was a cross between Marvel and Globe. Uh, and one of those was an original uh, variety from Livingston. So I got really interested in the Rutgers tomatoes, and I started trying to find the parentage. And no matter where I looked on the internet, like, none of the growers, like, I talked to all kinds of different people. Nobody knew what JTD was, you know. It was like John T. Dorrance or something of that nature. JTD is short for a guy's name, the guy who bred it. Um, but, yeah, it was really an exciting rabbit hole for me to fall into. And the key to unlocking the whole thing... Victory Seed Company. Again, I'm going to talk mostly about tomatoes because that's what I know. But, like, you want squashes that you can't find. You want okra or onions or peas. Like, they got six varieties of okra right here. You know what I mean? And I don't grow okra, so I can't weigh in on any of that. Uh, but maybe perhaps one of you guys could. Um, so I'm going to go on to another seed catalog that is important to me. This is another one that is almost like seed porn as well. Um, this is the Seed Savers Exchange. And the shot associated with that is going to go out to my girl, Abby Mason. Uh, I am going to do... What am I going to do? I'm going to do a shot of homemade Kahlua. I have a recipe for Kahlua. My dad has a recipe for Kahlua. That might be an episode worth exploring in the future. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about coffee before I do that. Uh, but this is my artisanal Kahlua. And uh, I'm going to take a shot of that for you, Abby. Mm. So... Seed Savers Exchange. The Seed Savers Exchange, again, I'm going to talk largely to do with tomatoes. In a previous episode, I talked about Chad Laholier's book. He's a guy who popularized some of the strains of tomatoes that you find everywhere now, but a lot, he's, he's a modern worker in the field, does a lot of great uh, crosses. He's contributed lost varieties and found varieties to the Seed Savers Exchange. This is like a, I want to say it's a non-profit organization, but I can't really vouch for that. I don't want to tell you lies. Um, but the Seed Savers Exchange is actually a subscription group that you can join. Uh, I have not joined the Seed Savers Exchange, but I have bought products from them. And if you are... I'm basically a shill for Amazon. I love them. They're taking over the world. Uh, and they just render amazing service to me. Um, so they have a program called Amazon Smile. And you can donate a certain percentage of whatever it is that you buy to benefit a group. 
The group that I benefit is the Seed Savers Exchange. Every time I buy something dumb, it contributes to the cause that they're doing. And what they do, very much like Victory, very much like uh, Rare Seeds, is they try to find lost varieties and keep them going. They have a seed bank that's been going forever, uh, and they choose different varieties to grow out and make available to the public at various different times. So, you know, like, unless you are totally off the radar like these Victory Seed folks are, like, Seed Savers is kind of your way to rediscover things. And the first catalog I ever got from them was one where they brought out, like, 60 different graphs of apples, you know, like I love apples. We go apple picking every year. It's a great thing to do with your children. Um, but it's also a really romantic date opportunity. So uh, go apple picking at least once at a local orchard. See what the land around you can bring to you. It's a really amazing and rewarding experience. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stop for a second to show you if you are watching at home, that the photography in this catalog is also very good. Uh, they have, again, harder to find peppers and uh, tomatoes. Like, for instance, this one over here is the Black Sea Man. This is a tomato that I have grown and love. Um, but yeah, so Seed Savers Exchange, doing good work. So speaking of doing, excuse me, good work, I'm going to go to my next seed source. And this place is off the beaten path. They put the Not Your Grandfather's Seed Catalog in the title. And that is Mariana's Heirloom Seeds. They grow all kinds of heirlooms out there. Uh in the same way that everybody else does, but what Mariana's does differently, I call them Mary Seeds. Uh, I'm in a couple of Facebook groups with people who work with them, and they have a build-your-own uh, heirloom project where a couple of really dedicated genius-type folks have gotten together and have started breeding their own new stable tomato plants. Uh, this is actually the first year that I've been able to order them, but I've been lusting after their site for years. So I just ordered my first set of seeds and you will, providing my harvest goes properly this year, see plenty of this tomato come the end of the summer. But I ordered... This evil olive tomato. Uh, Mary Seeds are the only people who have been able to get this. Oh, I didn't dedicate my shot. This is to my original high school nemesis, Matthew Ferguson. I hope you have made it this far, and if you have, this is for you. <coughs> I didn't tell you what it was. Tito's. Uh, that's a joke that I hope he gets. Um, perhaps the Broads can explain it to them, Broads being Matt and Garrett Broad, and their mother, not any kind of derogatory description of females. I'd like to make that clear right away. Okay. 
Mariana's heirloom seeds, they've got a bunch of different people who are creating new tomatoes. Uh, there are older folks, younger folks, people who know lineages. Like, I just went off on a huge tangent about Rutgers. The guys that work with Mary Seeds can go on these tangents about every tomato you've ever heard of. These people are geniuses and they're amazing, and the work that they're doing deserves to be supported. Uh, I believe they just picked up Brad Gates and their thing, and he was previously doing a lot of work with uh, the Rare Seed catalog. So, um, some of the people who are interested in that will also be interested in the work that Mary Seeds is doing. So that's going to bring me to my first internet love of the internet and tomatoes and such like that. Uh, Renaissance Farms. Uh, there was, when I first started growing tomatoes, and I didn't want to make a fool of myself, and I did anyway, um, there was a tomato group that I joined, which is now defunct because of hackers or something like that. This guy, Curtis T. Maters, whom this shot goes out to. This is a shot of Mama Juana. Mama Juana is an awesome, like, homemade Dominican herbal liqueur. I got this bottle on my honeymoon, so I'm going to drink this, because this is amazing. If you ever get your chance to taste this, um... You got You have to try it in the Dominican Republic. I'm sure it's not going to be the same anywhere else. Uh, it's amazing. This shot goes out to you, Curtis, and all the work that you do. <coughs> Speaking of which, if anybody out there has uh, a way to weigh in on this Mama Juana thing, I would really love to dedicate an episode to Mama Juana. It's like uh, an infusion of different herbs that remain mysterious to the Western Hemisphere. Uh, so if anybody wants to shed some light on that, shoot me an email over, find me at uh, www.drunkbotany.com, and we will set up an episode. Um, yes, Curtis Jackson. Uh, very similar in the way that Seed Savers Exchange and other things does that. Um, Curtis likes to grow exciting tomatoes and uh, bring them back. He grows like a hundred new varieties every year. So his stock is constantly rotating and changing on a year-to-year -year basis. And he... Alright, he has a reputation on the internet as being a guy who has remarkably consistent product and superior germination in his rates. Uh, he is a very generous man. When you buy seeds from him, he always throws a couple of extras in there that you didn't order. Mary Seeds does that too. Um, actually, a lot of seed companies do that. But, like, I was very depressed for a while. And when I joined this tomato group, uh, Curtis is like a guitar-playing, tomato-growing fool. And he just always has an uplifting message to bring to you on a daily basis. It's like good morning to everybody like you you feel like you've known this man your entire life to know him is to love him um renaissance fair uh, renaissance farms uh again i'm gonna link to all of these things in the show notes page so you will have to wait for it to air traditionally as a podcast in order to hear that or, or to read that it'll be where show notes pages go um but yes I am going to 
because I'm meandering uh, from all the shots. Curtis is the only source you can get for the Curtis Cheek Tomato. There's a story that's associated with that, um, where the seeds were stored in a cheek, but that's not my story to tell. You'll have to go to his website to read about it, or maybe join his group. Uh, just search for Curtis T. Maters or Curtis Jackson. I forget which is which. Uh, his nom de plume of the day. Uh, check him out. He does great work. I ordered from him for the first time this year as well. Now, when I joined Curtis's group, I met a really helpful and really artistic, I'm going to say, uh, breeder, uh, who was always like one of the first people to answer my questions. He was always like helpful in explaining scientific parts of tomatoes like it, I, I keep talking about how I want to interview a botanist or something like that this is the guy I should get but sadly uh, my fellow over here Blaine does not drink so this is for you Blaine Horton Blaine is a breeder with Mary Seeds I think but also he has his own site that's dedicated to all of his tomatoes. And for him, I will drink a shot of the Bullet Bourbon, which I know you've heard me talk about in the past and know that I love. This is going to beat me up because most of my other shots have been uh, gentle. This is Frontier Whiskey for you, Blaine. Blaine, I'm going to have my Marco Rubio moment and grab some water here. Blaine is the proprietor of a seed website called Galactic Magic Seeds. He has had really amazing, really colorful uh, plants, but he doesn't stop with the physical fruit. You know, like a lot of people just look at a creation and they say, hey, uh, this has stripes on it, or this is a green tomato, or a yellow tomato, or a black tomato. Blame doesn't stop there. He focuses on leaf shape as well. So plants that he grows will look physically different from other tomato plants that you could find. And he's got some really great um, plants out there called, like, the thong. However, like the plants that are... Oh, and he went off on a huge tangent on dwarfs. Dwarf plants are really amazing if you don't have a lot of space. Uh, and Blaine's got some really... The pit viper, I want to say, is Blaine's creation. These are not heirloom things. However, they are open-pollinated and they're stabilized. These are new tomatoes to the market. And the only places to get them are going to be through Blaine or through Mary Seeds. And Blaine, again, has his own system now here. And I... I patronized them myself this year. He has a really great and prolific cherry variety called Reverend Michael Keys. I hope I got that right. And then he has a black version of that cherry tomato, and that's called the Black Keys, uh, which, as far as I can tell, is no relation to the band. Um, yeah, so I definitely bought plants from him, and he had this really beautiful black and green one called the green goddess 
that's going to have a place in my garden this year. So hopefully uh, blights don't strike. I don't, you know, dampen off my tomatoes. You know, uh, those of you who maybe listened to the first couple episodes of the series will know my pain in that regard. Um, and as I wind down, I have one more site that I love. This is a traditional seed catalog, and I don't know why I didn't get their seed catalog this year. But if you're into seed trading, this is the place to go. I discovered them from uh, a Martha Stewart production, back when Martha Stewart was still having like a TV show that like you could watch all the time. And uh, she was like, oh, you get these amazing tomatoes. So the same year that I bought seeds from Territorial and got the Peace Finder and all that, I got some amazing Italian seeds from a website called growitalian.com. They're seeds from Italy, and they sell Franchi seeds. This shot goes out to my sister-in-law. Jackie Creation, who, as far as I know, is the only person to make it through every episode of my show. This shot is called Nuts and Berries. It is a Chambord raspberry liqueur and a mixture of Frangelico, which is a nice monk-made liqueur that looks like Mrs. Butterworth's, but is not. Let's see if I can open this. If this bottle refuses to open, then it'll just be shampooed that I drink, and that would be embarrassing. Ah, here it goes. Surrender the nectar to me, pal. Jackie, this is for you. Oh, that's delicious. Good way to end, I think. Anyway, seeds from Italy. If you trade seeds on the internet, these seeds that you get from Italy are often varieties that you don't find in America. And at least two of the plants that I've gotten from them from the very first time that I ever ordered plants or ordered seeds from these people have become mainstays in my garden forever. One of them is Principe Borghese. And the other one is Castelluto Fiorentino. Those of you who teach and speak Italian can hate me all you will. Uh, I am Irish and American to boot, so I can't say anything correctly. Um, what is notable about the Italian seed varieties is the size of the packets contain not 10, not 20, not 50 seeds, but close to like 250 or 500 seeds in these giant packets. So if you want to buy seeds once and grow them forever, Franchi seed is the way for you to go. Uh, this is like a secret I've sat on. I don't tell people about this uh, catalog really ever because um, like, I really like having it as a secret gun. Uh, but they have protected denomination of origin seed. Uh Italian sun-dried tomato varieties. They have like four different ones, including, um, I want to say Napoli d'Inverno. 
but I, I'm probably getting that wrong. There's something before Dinverno, but it's these are types of uh, sauce making cherry tomato type sized tomatoes. You just pull up the whole thing and you dry them upside down like old world Italians. They 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 dry them on their rooftops and they make the best tomatoes. You know, um, I love the work that they do. Uh, I love the size of the packets that they get. Like you might pay double for a packet that you get anywhere else, but it's going to be a variety that you don't find anywhere. And it's going to be more seeds than you will be able to plant in your lifetime, unless you're like a commercial grower or something like that. So it's a great way to introduce yourself into a seed trading community, which would also be an episode that I'd love to talk about. If any of you guys trade seeds on the internet, um, Shoot me a line. I would love to have you on the show to talk about it. Uh, so, I guess that's it. Um, guess that's it. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Drunk Bot. Visit us at drunkbotany.com to subscribe to the show for free and we'll join you next week.